Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1205, air date May 4th, 2023. Typically, this is, um, we've also invited people, the first part of this is our town hall, right, John, for Shiva for president, then we'll go uh, right after that into our movement meeting. But anyway, I want to invite everyone to the town hall. Uh, people do know that I uh, came to Europe um, for about a week or so remaining here. And um, one of the reasons I came here was because we have a growing truth from health movement in Europe. We have right there, we have, uh, I don't know if you can see, you got to come closer. Yes. Yeah, you're back uh, we, uh, there we go. So we have um, Maria Francesca Colombo. She's one of our leaders here in Italy, and she's going to be helping us in the Mediterranean. Um, but uh, Maria Francesca has been following our movement for about, I think, a year and a half since 2020. But it's good to have her here. But um, we recognize that there's a lot of developments taking place. Uh, the world is becoming obviously very, very small. And uh, what happens in America doesn't just affect the United States, it affects the global community. Um, the, the president of the United States has immense impact on everyone in the world. We have uh, Michelle who just joined us and we also have uh, Dr. Um, Rita, right? Yes. Uh, Rita's also joining us. She's also a, um, a practicing, come on in closer, Rita, to say hello. Uh, Rita was a practicing retired gynecologist and she went through the entire 2020 experience here in Sardinia and she was involved in many, many protests along with uh, Francesca and that's how they met. So both of them are here. And um, anyway, we're at Rita's home in the central part of Sardinia, right? That's where we are. And Michelle's also there. So anyway, um, let me continue. So one of the reasons that we're here is um, A, to support our movement building globally. The other is um, Sardinia is fascinating because Sardinia has a very interesting population of people among one of five zones in the country that are considered blue zones. And blue zones are people where uh, there's a significant number of people uh, of the population where people live over 100 years. In fact, Sardinia has the highest per capita of cent centenarians, which means people live over 100 years. Um, tomorrow, there's a Friday. Friday. Friday, we have a, next Friday. Next Friday, we have a huge event set up before I leave of a group yes. of scientists um, plus people who've been researching both the genetics and the epigenetics of people, why they live long. But one of the things that comes out of this is it has to do a lot with family and community, uh, people eating fermented products and eating locally grown foods. Um, so while that's going on, what's interesting in Sardinia is you have this other dimension right today, the biggest NATO exercise is about to launch. Sardinia essentially gets exploited by the United States and NATO, NATO to be a place where they do war games. And typically, they only do war games with the Italian troops. But this time, we have some very nice video from one of our insiders, actually, a different C-130 planes landing uh, with troops from all over the world coming. And they're on high alert to do a, a massive exercise here. And the interesting thing is, thing is the countryside of Sardinia, which has this amazing untouched land, is going to be used where they will use uranium-tipped missiles and blast the hell out of everything, these ancient trees, etc., so that's what's going on. So wherever you go, no one can ex uh, escape U.S. imperialism. Okay, that's the bottom line. U.S. imperialism is pervasive. It's everywhere. So you try to come to Sardinia for a vacation and boom, you have 
the U.S. troops, right? Yes. What, what is called Operation, I forget what it is, Noble Jump or something they're calling it. I forget, some name, you can look it up. And that will start tomorrow. So we didn't expect this, um, but that's where we're at. So uh, you have, on the one hand, you have health taking place, great health, but you also have massive destruction that can also take place, war and health at the same time. So um, anyway, John, I'm going to sort of bring it. And so I want to welcome everyone. We have about 50 people and three, four people here. We're about 50, sorry, close to 51 people. And typically we do this truth, freedom and health. And well, well, this is our town hall open house. And then we'll go to our separate meeting on truth, freedom and health. But we want to invite everyone to the town hall. Um, and what we decided to do as my run for president, we're going to use this principles of systems to educate people on very relevant um, items that can help people. So two Thursdays ago, we educated people on um, healthcare. But what did we do? We actually trained people on what is the immune system and how to boost the immune system. And everyone is invited to bring as many people as you know, citizens to come and learn this. You're not going to learn this anywhere else. Your doctors aren't going to teach this. The healthcare system is not going to teach this, but we will teach it, right? So when was the last time a, a guy running for United States president actually knew enough about the immune system to teach you how the immune system worked and actually gave you solutions? Never, because they have made the entire running for president a complete joke. It's become a theater. It's become actually abusive to people to make it reduced to a bunch of idiots running. Um, as you know, Robert Kennedy's a complete idiot. And I say he's an idiot because if you go look at his history, when he was like 17 years old, he was pulled over for something, for drugs, and he spit in a policeman's face and nothing happened to him. Okay. The Kennedys murdered a woman. Nothing happens to them. The Kennedys are the biggest bogus campaigns. Seymour Hirsch wrote a very interesting essay on this saying how the entire Kennedy family is completely one of the biggest scams in the entire universe completely theater. They have people following around with cameras. Uh, they're basically mafia. It's one mafia group fighting another mafia group. And we're supposed to feel sorry. One guy gets knocked off by another mafia group, right? And they bring in people to support these fools. But bottom line is Robert Kennedy is not only an idiot and a fool, but he's a liar. He's uh, a scumbag. He's uh, completely everything that's not even a man. Uh, I have challenged Robert Kennedy to a debate, but he won't show up. But he will blame his wife for having a party at their home where he ordered everyone to get the mRNA vaccine. So he'll blame his wife. Okay? That's the kind of men we have. We don't really have any more men in this world. Very few men exist because men are also being polluted with all sorts of food where they probably don't have enough testosterone anymore. The average male of 25 years old today has a level of testosterone of a 70-year-old man of about 30, 40 years ago, okay? So men's testosterone levels are dropping uh, every day, and that's because of the food and the environment. So you actually don't have men. So when people say, why are you getting angry? Why are you getting upset? Why do you use ab abusive words? Because men actually use words like that when they get upset. They do. And people have forgotten what it means to be a man and to fight. So I challenge Robert Kennedy to an open debate to talk about all of his lies and contradictions. In fact, I'll challenge him and Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk all together. It'll be three on one. They can have three minutes to my one minute, but none of these people will show up because they're not men. Tucker Carlson is a giggling little fool 
as Owen ben Benjamin has said. He never tells the truth when it needs to be told. Suddenly he's being made to appear as though he's some great martyr. He's not. He's a complete asshole. Go look at the transcripts that came out from the court case. The reality was he was telling all the MAGA people that he was, you know, oh, yeah, there's election fraud. But internally, he was sending text messages saying the whole thing was nonsense. Okay? So these people are not men. Go look at Elon Musk. I mean, that guy's a complete joke. His One of his closest friends is Ari Emanuel, who controls all the Hollywood actors through Endeavor. He controls UFC, controls WWE. These people are all actors. Elon Musk will also not debate me, but he will shadow ban me. I mean, my views have gone from 500,000 views down to around 5,000 views. It's ridiculous because he's afraid of real men. So I challenge Elon Musk, Tucker Carlson, and this other fool, Robert Kennedy. And by the way, you should... You shouldn't even respect these guys and call them RFK Jr. I call them Booby Jr. Fucker Carlson. Sorry to use those words, but we need to lower these people's mental idea of who they are. They're not great men. They're actually people who are, they're worse than the left. They're worse than Fauci because they act like they're fighting for people. But in fact, they're, they are doing everything antithetical. Tucker Carlson said nothing about the censorship infrastructure for two years when he knew it existed. Robert Kennedy was telling people to do lockdowns. He was supporting lockdowns in 2020. He, he supported Gavin Newsom in 2019. He endorsed Hillary Clinton three times, and he endorsed his own nephew um, who was for vaccine mandates. But yet the Kennedy machinery knows how to manipulate the press like they always do to make them seem like gods, but they're not. They're false gods. But our movement exists, and that's what's so powerful, because we will expose these people. Historically, they would get away, but they're not getting away because I exist and our movement exists. And that's why it's important, because we are at a very important time in history where people are starting to awaken up again to recognize they have to build a bottoms-up movement. And any time that happens, what the elites do is they create false gods, Elon Musk, Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan's. Uh, whatever, you know, Robert Kennedy, et cetera, because they do not want people to build a bottoms up movement. They want people to follow false gods. And this is a systems dynamic. So today's lecture is about how to see truth from lies. Two Thursdays ago, we taught people how to really boost their immune system. That was our healthcare program. And, and uh, four Thursdays from now, we'll teach it again. Last Thursday, we taught people how to get local foods on a budget, how to support your local farmers, how to eat well. That was our environmental program. So what is our educational program? Our educational program is to teach people how to think, how to see truth from lies. You're not going to be charged for this. Robert Kennedy charges people $5 to go to see him in the park plaza. Why do the Kennedys need money? They have $5 billion. They still get money off every liquor that comes to the United States. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. These people are all scumbags. So the movement for truth, freedom, and health in our campaign is the only force on the planet which will expose these people for what they are. And there will be a lot of idiots who do not want to get off their ass and do work. They will think, oh, Robert Kennedy, why are you attacking Robert Kennedy? He's so great. Really? What's so great about Robert Kennedy? Tell me one thing Robert Kennedy has done for you. Tell me one thing. Does anyone know? No, no. Okay. okay. There's nothing Robert Kennedy has done for anyone. But what he has done is to create a myth about himself to serve him 
And ultimately, he serves the forces of power, profit, and control. Okay? Same with Elon Musk. Elon Musk does not stand for free speech. He believes free speech does not equal free reach. And using this new definition of free speech, he's literally keeping people like me in digital cages. To me, I, I feel like I'm back to being a slave. But Elon Musk knows about this because he came from South Africa, where they had brown people and black people in little cages. And so that's in his corrupt mentality. And Tucker Carlson knows nothing about everyday people. He was very close friends, still is very close friends with Hunter Biden. He made sure Hunter Biden gave his son a letter uh, for his college admission. Okay. So these people are all friends. So that's what we need to understand. So anyway, I want to challenge all those three fools to a debate. And again, it'll be me against them. Open live debate. So you guys should challenge them to see if they'll come, but they won't because they do not want to face a real man because they're not men. And I say that very strongly. So let us talk about how we learn to think. How do you tell truth from lies? How do you tell truth from lies? We live in a world where you have people like Fauci and then you have people like Robert Kennedy, Tucker Carlson, Elon Musk acting as, oh, I stand for free speech. How do you tell truth from lies? How do you do that? How do you do that? Okay, this is how you do it. There are two ways to think in the world. One is called reductionism, and the other is called a systems approach. You can write that down, reductionism and a systems approach. Now, I have written many books on this. You can go look at them online. Uh, we have an entire program called Truth, Freedom, and Health. If you want to know more, you can go to truthfromhealth.com. But, and that's if you want to get deep into it, and I encourage you to do that. But right now, I'm going to give you the essence of it in the next 30 minutes. The ens essence of this is the following that everything in the universe is a system. What is a system? A system is a set of interconnected parts that work together as a whole. Let me repeat that again. A system is a set of interconnected parts that work together as a whole, okay? So if you wanna understand a system, you can't just be looking at one part of a system. You won't see the full truth. If you look at a part of the system and you just study that part and you think you're understanding the whole system, that is called reductionism, R-E-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-I-S-M. So reductionism is a way of thinking where you take a complex thing, you break it up into smaller parts, and by understanding the parts, you think you're going to understand the whole. That's the concept of Newtonian thinking. So that's been the way of thinking that has ruled the world for the last 400 years since Isaac Newton gave his famous lecture in the 1600s, his mechanics lecture. And basically, the idea was you could understand everything mechanistically, no different than you could understand a clock. You take the clock, understand the parts, you study all the parts, and you think you understand the clock. Well, it's actually not true. Because depending on how you put the pieces together, you could get a clock or you could get something that's not a clock. So it is not the parts that determine the nature of a system, but it's the parts and how they're interconnected, okay? So for the last 400 years, we've been influenced by this reductionist thinking. It has certain values, but when you start living in a world of complex systems, which is what we do today, reductionism doesn't work to see the whole. The famous example of reductionism is the story of Buddha who tells the story of a king 
who brings a big elephant. The elephant is a system into a room and he has six blind men. All of them are blindfolded and each one of them touches the elephant and the king asks them to describe what they see. So one blind man who touches a tusk, he's, he thinks it's a spear. The other guy who touches the tail thinks it's a brush. The guy who touches the feet thinks it's an oak tree and so on. So these all these individual people have a blinded view of reality. They don't see the whole elephant. That is called reductionism. Okay. I was just telling Rita, who's a gynecologist MD, and we were talking about the Human Genome Project. In 1993, when the Human Genome Project started, biologists, who for the last 300 years have been taking a very reductionist approach to understanding the body, um, knew in 1993 that a human being, uh, sorry, a worm had around 20,000 genes. And they were trying to figure out how many genes, well, the question was how many genes does a human have? And because they looked at a human being compared to a worm, they thought, oh, we're a more complex system. We must have like a half a million genes. So the Genome Project starts in 1993. When it ends in 2003, as some of you may know from taking or reading the books that I've written, it turns out we only have 20,000 genes. So a human being and a worm have the same number of parts. So you see, it's not the number of parts which decides complexity. What does makes a human being different than a worm is our genes give rise to proteins. The proteins interact with other genes in very, very complex interconnections called molecular pathways. Human beings have a more complex system, not because of the number of genes, because of the interconnections, okay? So this concept of interconnections is what system science is about. My whole life has been dedicated to understanding systems, the caste system, Eastern systems of medicine, you know, email systems, uh, molecular systems. Everything is a system. Your body is a system. Um, every, every other Fridays, we teach a course on your body, your system, absolutely free. Anyone can come take it. Please do that. But anyway, what you realize is if you really want to see truth from lies, it is not about seeing the parts of a system. You have to be able to see the interconnections and the, some of those interconnections and the more accurate you can get, will give you an overall view of what's going on in a system. So. Why, how does this apply to politics? How does this apply to politics? What politicians, Hollywood entertainers, and the news media do is when they look at some phenomenon in, in the society, they make sure they don't look at the whole system. CNN looks at the system in one way, and they call it the left-wing approach. Fox News looks at it from the right wing, and they give their right-wing approach, because both of these people have to make money. So one appeals to the quote unquote, the right wing, which attacks the left wing, and the left wing appeals to the left wing, which by attacking the right wing, okay? And so they each have taken the population of the world and split it into a target market. It's like Pepsi and Coke. These people will sell Coke to people and these people sell Pepsi. It's a marketing technique. And they'll make Pepsi seem better than Coke and Coke seem better than Pepsi. Pepsi will get Britney Spears to be her front man. Maybe Coke will get, I don't know, somebody else, okay? And that's no different in politics. One group gets Donald Trump. The other group will get Joe Biden or Kennedy. 
And the people doing all this are running a theater. But the reality is that they do not want you to see the whole system. So you saw in 2020, they put Fauci out there, okay, as the evil guy. He's obviously evil. And by the way, we were, we were the first ones to call him out as evil in March of 2020, while Robert Kennedy was supporting Fauci's lockdowns. You can go look at it. There's a tweet right there. Tucker Carlson didn't say anything. Elon Musk didn't say anything. Now, three years later, Elon Musk says, oh, yeah, you know, I, uh, Fauci should be thrown in jail. Okay, well, it's sort of useless to talk about it now. But our movement exposed Fauci. Why? Because we saw him as a part of this entire system of 30 years. As a biologist, I could see Fauci knew nothing about the immune system. And because I saw Fauci as not the head of the NIH or a quote-unquote scientist, but I saw him as a part of the complete infrastructure of evil. A nearly, he's, Fauci has been around since 1980, uh, since Reagan. But it was our movement, my work, which called out Fauci in 2020. Not only did we call him out, we did a massive petition and we raised nearly 120,000 signatures. And then I drove our bus nearly 36 hours, right, Michelle, 24 to 36 hours to Washington, and we delivered those to Trump. Trump didn't do anything. That was in 2020. I didn't see Robert Kennedy, Tucker Carlson, Elon Musk anywhere. We did that. We were able to do that with confidence because we could see Fauci as a cog in a complex system where he was brought in to make sure that big pharma's revenue could grow because big pharma had was losing revenue. And again, another part of this interconnection. So it was very easy for us to call out Fauci two years ahead of everyone. We also called out Trump at that time because we gave him an opportunity to fire Fauci. We gave him all the data and Fauci and, and Trump didn't do anything. Why? Because Trump is also an actor, unfortunately. A lot of people had hopes for him. He was brought in to make sure that during four years, they could do the lockdowns, they could print $6.2 trillion. Nothing happened to Hillary Clinton. And ultimately what he did was he made sure ph pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer, which were down to 40 billion in revenue, doubled their revenue to 80 billion and 100 billion. So these are the facts. And when you put all of this together and you see the whole system, you see it's not just Fauci, it's also Trump. And then you see the new characters like Elon Musk. And then you see people like Tucker Carlson. You see people like Kennedy. And when you see the whole system, you see they're all players in this whole system. Because you start seeing by 2020, 2021, because of our work, we were, we were pulling people away from these people. And because we as an independent movement were pulling people away, they created these false gods people like Elon Musk and Tucker Carlson and Robert Kennedy to sucker people back. You see, because a system, when you study it from a systems approach, is an organism. The system exists to survive. And so if you simply say, Fauci bad, Trump good, you're not getting it, okay? That's a lie. They're all part of this evil system. Or if people think, ooh, Robert Kennedy is saying some good things, well, it's not true. You have to look at what he's done for the last X number of years. 
You have to put them all together and you have to interconnect them. He endorsed Hillary Clinton, like I said, three times, 2008, 2012, 2016. You have to look at his whole history. You have to look at what was Tucker Carlson doing in 2020. Go look at his tweets. He said nothing against Fauci. You have to look at the whole system. You can look at my history. And you will see me as a 17-year-old kid protesting the war in Iraq. You will see me burning the South African flag on the steps of MIT. You will see me putting my life on the line when I went to India on a Fulbright exposing the corruption of the Indian government. And you can go through that. You can compare. We can have an open debate with all of these people because I know that my history has always been consistent. My words have always matched my deeds. These people's words have never matched their deeds. That's why they're cowards. And I keep saying they're not men. Robert Kennedy, Tucker Carlson, and this other fool, Elon Musk, are not men. So because their words do not match their deeds. The important thing that we need to understand when you take a systems approach and you start seeing Elon Musk in this larger system, you realize, wait a minute. He owns SpaceX, which got $6 billion. Ooh, ding, light should go off. Wait a minute. He owns Tesla, which made $600 billion in value because of $1.5 billion worth of carbon credits. Ding, another check mark should go off. Oh, he got a $40 billion, $50 billion valuation for Twitter because they got a 10x multiple on revenue because they get Section 230 immunity from the government. All roads of Elon Musk lead back to the government. That's a whole systems view of who Elon Musk is. But if you're taking a reductionist approach and you say, ooh, Elon Musk putting up rockets, ooh, smart guy. No, actually he knows very little about rockets. Ooh, Elon Musk making electric cars. Actually he knows very little about electric cars. Two other people founded the company. He put his name on it and put his name as a founder. So when you really look at things as they are and you start interconnecting it, you find out Elon Musk, the truth is, from a systems approach, he is the government. Government and Twitter, government and SpaceX, government and Tesla are one. Anyone thinking that Tucker Carlson is fighting for you because he did a speech about two weeks ago, ooh, we're fighting evil, evil is bad. Look at his entire history. Look at him as a system. He comes from one of the wealthiest families, He's friends with Tucker, uh, with Hunter Biden. His entire relationship is with the elites. Everything he does is calculated to promote himself. So his new promotion is as though he's a fighter for you. He's not. Look at his entire history. He's never risked his life for anything. And also you have to look at from a systems approach, timing is very important. When did he speak the truth on anything? When, when, when? When is very important when you take a systems approach, the interconnections and the timing, and you'll find out that he never tells the truth when it's important. So the systems approach of understanding all the parts and seeing the interconnections and understanding the principles of those interconnections is critical to thinking clearly, to seeing truth from lies. What are those principles? How do you now I've shared with you that it's not just the parts of a system. You can't just be looking at the tusk of an elephant or just the feet or the eyes. You're going to think all sorts of things. You have to see the whole. 
So the question is, what are the principles that allow you to see the whole? What are those principles? And are those principles something you could teach anyone? Well, the answer is a big yes. Today, the knowledge of system science is taught to around 10 to 20,000 people in the world. They typically go to MIT, Harvard, the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy. The elites reserve the knowledge of seeing these interconnections only to the few. My life's work has been to figure out how you can take this system's knowledge and bring it to every human being on the planet. And that's what we've done. And that's been my life journey. And that systems knowledge makes you recognize that there are nine principles to every system. You can understand your body as a system. You can understand this iPhone as a system. You can understand politics as a system. You can understand everything. And when you study the science of systems, you will understand there's two kinds of systems, stupid systems, dumb systems, and intelligent systems. The stupid systems, basically they're composed of five principles. An input, they receive an input and they put out an output. Those in power want you to be a dumb system. They want you to sit in front of TV, get an input and go buy something, an output. And they've learned how to manipulate three other principles within that input output. One is the transmission, the transport of information to you. They've learned how to convert your mind through many, many powerful psychological techniques to convert you to buy something or to follow a particular party. That's called the conversion process. And they've done this through a massive infrastructure, which is called the structure process. So transport, conversion, and infrastructure storage, the elites have learned how to control those three important forces through inputs to get the right outputs, okay? So those in power do not want you to think they understand these five very powerful principles and they want people to take an input and execute an output, okay? All right. So once you understand that there are these things called dumb systems, you recognize that those in power wanna make you into a dumb system. But what I just shared with you, these five concepts are very powerful concepts. It took me years to study them, but more importantly, to share them with you, very simply. So how do you become an intelligent system? And what are those principles? Well, you need four other very important principles to actually learn how to think and to stand up on your own two feet. Number one, you need a goal. And that goal is something that you determine is valuable for you, a goal. You need to have the ability to see things as they are, the senses. So you don't just look at one piece of something, you see the interconnections, that's called the senses. And once you have a goal, the direction that you wanna go, and you can see things as they are, which is very difficult because you have to intersect many pieces of data, then you can make a conscious decision on what inputs you will give to yourself, not what the outside world brings to you. So now you are making a decision to achieve your goal, what inputs you will give to achieve the particular output, controlling the forces of transport, conversion, and storage. But the key element is that you have set a goal for yourself. That is the difference between a dumb system and an intelligent system. Now, all of this needs to be done in the face of the fourth, the ninth principle, which is called disturbances. There will always be things which will come in your way to divert you from your goal. So simply put, you have the input, output, transport, conversion, storage, the basic, basic five elements, but the intelligence system has a goal 
It has senses. It, it's working hard to see things as they are. And then it is making its own decisions on what to input. But it has to recognize that it is doing all of this in the face of distractions and disturbances. Okay? So once you become aware of these principles, you recognize in the current world we're in, every day those in power want you to be distracted to just be a dumb input and output machine. Ooh, Robert Kennedy, good, vote for him. Ooh, Tucker Carlson, good, watch him, watch him. Elon Musk, good, buy Tesla, okay? They don't want you to set your own goals. And as a human being, there are natural goals that everyone wants systemically. And it is my, you can set whatever goal you want, but one of the most powerful goals is do you want truth? Do you want freedom? Do you want health? Now, those to me are very natural goals that everyone wants freedom. It's not even a goal. It's something inherent in nature. It's a movement process. Everyone wants health, strong body, strong mind, and everyone desires truth. So that is the goal. You have to sincerely look at what is actually going on. Well, the result is, do you have truth, freedom, and health right now? In the United States, as I shared with you in that very important graph, the United States, if you want to uh, die young and you, and you want your kids to die younger, keep voting for them. That's what I said, because they're actually killing people. And I don't mean it from some depopulation agenda conspiracy. I'm just talking, it could be, this probably is true, but you don't even need to go there. Just look at the facts. The facts are, since 1980, the United States population's life expectancy has been going trajectory completely different than the rest of the world in a backward way. So if you look at that fact, they're not promoting health. Then you look at the fact, do we have freedom? Well, as we've shown, the government and big tech throughout the world have become one. Freedom is, is hanging on by a thread in the United States. I would argue it's actually gone in the United States. And the third thing is you have truth. Well, if you look at academia, you pay academics enough, they'll publish bullshit. So truth, freedom, and health, when you look at it in reality, are under attack. So what, what should we do? Okay, what do you do? What should be the right input into the system? Okay. Well, one input is to think, oh, let me vote for Robert Kennedy. Let me, I'm going to wait until four years. I'm not going to listen to what Dr. Shiva is saying. Robert Kennedy said all these nice things. The input I'm going to put in is Robert Kennedy. I'm going to just listen to Tucker Carlson. He's going to take care of me. Elon Musk will take care of me. And the reality is you have to recognize that those inputs that you're choosing is as bad as eating a McDonald's burger, thinking you're going to get healthier. Because they do a beautiful thing on TV. Ooh, you get a bread. See, so you have lettuce and you have tomatoes. Nicely, right? But it's not true. Because when you really look at it and you open up the reality and you understand the source of where these where that burger is coming from, it's coming from genetically engineered foods, right? It's coming from pesticides. And the same way when you look at Robert Kennedy, he comes from a pesticide background. He's filled with all sorts of, quote unquote, he's genetically engineered in some sense. He comes from a mafia family. Every He says one thing here and does another thing over here. So can truth emerge? You have to ask yourself philosophically, can truth emerge from someone who says one thing and does another? And if you believe so, great, make that decision. 
But when you take a systems approach, you will recognize that in, as you want to achieve your goal, you're going to get different distractions. And you have to decide, and this is your own wisdom, I can only give you tools, but you will have to make some very hard decisions. Is that input that you're going to put into your system going to give you the desired output? Well, I would argue if you look at that curve that I've shared before of the life expectancy going down and down and down in the United States over the last 60 years, all of these people, the Kennedys, the Trumps, the Tucker Carlson's, the Elon Musk have all been part of that. So that would be a stupid input. That's no different than saying, I want to lose weight. The pizza looks really good. The Domino's pizza and the Burger King and the donuts. I'm going to keep putting that into my system and I'm going to lose weight. Well, if you think that, you must be insane. But this is why the science of systems is so important because it makes you realize, oh, I'm making a decision for my goal. I'm choosing inputs and I'm looking at the results. If you look at the results over the last 60 years, life expectancy is going down. And that's, that's it. For me, that's like the number one indicator. So if you think any one of these people is going to lead you to truth, freedom, and health, given what they have not delivered, I would argue that that way of thinking is false. You're actually filling yourself up with lies. But with these nine principles of systems, you now have a framework. With the concept of recognizing you see the interconnections, not just the parts, you now have another framework. And the third piece of getting to truth or getting to truth from lies is it takes great courage. You have to be willing to let go of these false gods. You have to rely on principles and values, not even me or anyone, but you have to rely on these fundamental principles. And one of the principles that emerges is what we call the not so obvious establishment. That is a disturbance. If you read any of the great spiritual texts, I'll always talk to you about the devil actually sounds 99% really good, except for that 1%. <laughs> and you have to find that 1%, okay? So a lot of people would think Kennedy sounds good or Tucker Carlson sounds good. They're not looking at the fact that these people, what they were doing in 2020. You have to go look at that. So it's very important in 20, as we head into 2023, in 2023, 2024, that people really start to learn how to think, to see truth from lies. My grandmother in the Tamil word, there's a word for it called buddhi, B-U-D-D-H-I. You may have heard the word Buddha, B-U-D-D-H-A. What does buddhi or Buddha mean? It means common sense. Many people have said, even though I'm not a Buddhist or I'm not, um, uh, I don't, you know, I, I think Buddha said many great things. When people were asked who is Buddha, they said Buddha was one of the men with the greatest common sense. But common sense emerges when you see things as they are, not what you want them to be. So my grandmother, if you did something really stupid, she said, do you have any buddhi, which means do you have any common sense? So we have to um, reconnect with common sense. Ultimately, it comes from intuition. But right now, we're at a very critical stage that we have to actually go and teach people how to have common sense. We have to teach people, look at the whole, don't be reductionist, understand these nine principles. And our run for president, Shiva for president, is fundamentally dedicated to raising people's consciousness. And every person we educate 
and raise people's consciousness to see beyond these false gods, Tucker Carlson, Elon Musk, Robert Kennedy. It's easy to attack the Kennedys. I mean, it's easy to attack the Hillary Clintons and, and the CNNs and, and uh, Fauci's. That's easy. Any idiot can do that. But it's harder to see the, have the wisdom to see these fake people who claim they're wanting to help. And the only way out of all this, when you start separating truth from lies, you realize that ultimately you have to do the work. If you want to do good in algebra, you got to do the problems. If you want to be a good engineer, you have to do the problems. If you want to be anything good, um, you can't just do it. You can't just expect um, you're going to learn this overnight. Now, however, those people in politics or in entertainment or law, if they sleep with the right person, if their mama and papa get them into the right college, they never have to work. Guys like me have always had to work for everything I've gotten. And most of you have. But those who run the world today have never had to work or do an honest day's job. They've never had to deal with the right action. So that's why we are where we are. It's not because of the evil people, it's, but it's because of the not so obvious establishment. And that's a very, very important concept that will help you separate truth from lies. So in closing, what I wanted to do in this town hall, from an educational perspective, as President of the United States, I, one of the things I think needs to be done all the way at the kindergarten level, we need to teach young people how to take a systems approach to looking at the world. One of my mentors, Jay Forrester, felt, in fact, starting at the kindergarten level before people learn reading, writing, and arithmetic, you have to teach kids how to take the systems view of the world. And that systems view will help people see truth from lies. Now, we have a major challenge. You know, our run for president has a major challenge because uh, we not in addition to running for president, we also have to teach people how to think properly. And we're going to do that because without that correct thinking, we're never going to get to truth, freedom, health. So anyway, the key points are understand that a system is a set of interconnected parts. You have to look at the connections. Number two, there are these nine principles which govern uh, intelligent systems as well as dumb systems. And three, it's very, very important that people get off their butts and have the courage to take this systems approach wherever it leads them, because it's going to lead you to truth, freedom, and health, but you have to have the courage to do that. Thank you. All right, John, what I want to do is Yes, sir. Hello, Dr. Shiva. John, maybe we can take some questions as a part of the town hall. Maybe we can take five questions, John. Okay. All right. So anyone that, that wants to ask a question, you can uh, you can send it by text to myself or Dr. Shiva in the chat. Alternatively, you can uh, use the raised hand icon like I'm doing right now under your uh, reactions button in the Zoom. You'll be able to select the raised hand icon and that will highlight you for us to call on and we'll be able to... You can also ask some questions. We also have some people here, John. Maria, yeah. you guys can also ask any questions you want based on what I just yeah. spoke. Do you have a question? Uh, for me, for you now? Yeah. Um, no, not, not now. Okay. What, what do you think to, um, do you think that uh, the study of DNA of the Sardinia people would be useful for you and for your studies? Well, how do you, how do you think to use them? 
Okay, so uh, we'll come back to that. I wanted to talk about the town hall. We'll oh, come back. Yeah. To, I'll answer that after that. But we'll come back. Go ahead, John. Um, I haven't John, received any questions. Yet. I haven't received any yet. Um, okay, let's, let's see. We have a chat here. Um, Oh, okay. So Maria Francesca wants to know what will be the first thing I do when I become president? Yes, the first thing. Okay. You got that, John? Yep. So we'll keep this as part of the video, right, John, that you'll share with everyone? Yes, I might edit it a bit, but yeah. So, so. Maria's saying, what's, what's the first thing I'll do as president? So in the United States, if you go back to those three principles, right? truth, freedom, and health. If you were to ask someone, if you had to choose between truth, freedom, and health or transport, conversion, and st structure, which is the most important principle, I'd say health is the most important principle. And why is health the most important principle? Because health is your infrastructure. If you don't have proper health, you don't have the strength to fight for freedom. You don't have the strength to fight for truth. Does that make sense? I mean, if you were to choose, I don't want to choose any one of them. They're all closely interconnected, but if you had to choose. So what's happened in the world right now is we all know about big pharma, right? You've heard about big pharma creating medicines that don't work. But there are two organizations which are worse than big pharma. And one of them are called group purchasing organizations in the United States, GPOs. And the other group is called PBMs, Pharmacy Broker Managers, PBMs. How many of you have heard, heard of these? Many of you have not heard of them. So why are these important? Because these two organizations control the flow of medicines from the pharmaceutical or the makers of medicine to you through the pharmacies. If you go to a pharmacia, right? to buy something, how did that drug get into the pharmacy? You ever think about that? There are thousands of drugs. Which drugs? There are natural products, right? That can heal you and there are pharmaceutical drugs. Let's say everyone here was a big pharma drug maker, by way of example, and all of you made different drugs. Which drug gets into the pharmacy? Who decides that? You ever think about that? The person, the, the group that's deciding that is called PBMs, pharmacy broker managers. The pharmacy broker managers are a type of distributor. They're very corrupt. Even drug companies have to pay the PBMs to make sure their drug even gets into the pharmaceutical stores. Okay? So if there are a hundred different drug manufacturers for, let's say, curing a headache, let's say even say drugs, or let's say there are even a hundred different vaccine makers. Why is it only four vaccines make it? Okay. It's because of these pharmacy broker managers. These people are the control mechanism, as we say in systems, to make sure only a certain supply of drugs even make it to the pharmacy. So, for example, some of you may not know this, but there are massive shortages of insulin right now. Okay? Because these PBMs control which supplier gets to reach the pharmacy. And there's three of them in the United States. And each three of them is now owned by insurance companies. 
Okay. So that's how drugs get into the pharmacy. So if you, if your doctor gives you a prescription, you go to the pharmacy, right? Or even if I, anything that in the pharmacy is coming from these three PBMs. Now, if you go to a hospital, knock on wood, you never have to go to a hospital, but if you ended up in a hospital, if you look at the pillowcases in the hospital, if you look at the catheters, if you look at the stethoscopes, everything in the hospital is coming from three organizations, from organizations called GPOs, Group Purchasing Organizations, okay? GPOs are three groups who control the supply of 90% of the goods into a hospital, all right? They were created in the 1970s. These three, there's three major GPOs. They control the supply of everything into a hospital. So they can control the price. So these three GPOs make sure the price of everything into a hospital is very, very high. And again, three insurance companies own the three GPOs. So what I would do as president to answer Maria Francesca's question is, I would make the GPOs and PBMs completely illegal. They, they're not legal organizations. They should be completely taken out. All right, that's really, when you look at from a systems approach, big pharma, big pharma, yeah, but the real devil is the GPOs and the PBMs. Because if you eliminate them, we can now have real more competition. You can have more natural medicines, everything going to the pharmacies. We don't have that. These three organizations are controlling the flow of all medicines into pharmacies and to everything to a hospital. And because they have a monopoly, they keep the prices high. This is why the cost of healthcare is high. I'll give you an example. I Many years ago, we had uh, a friend of mine um, had a dog. <laughs> And the dog had a breathing issue. And there is a very simple, and it, the, the dog was in critical condition. There's a very simple drug called Bosentin. I was giving the dog vitamins, it was helping it. But there's a, dog, there's a drug called Bosentin. They were selling it for, I think, $25 a tablet. Okay? You can get it for 12 cents in India. 12 cents. Okay? So these PBMs and GPOs are artificially making the cost of healthcare high. Now, what I just shared with you, Robert Kennedy, Donald Trump, uh, Biden will not talk about because they all work with these GPOs and PBMs, but you will hear it from me. Because when you take a systems approach, you find the real problem. But that's the first thing I would do, Maria, eliminate those GPOs and PBMs. They should, by executive order, they should all be illegal. And that's how you reduce the cost of healthcare. And you create more opportunities for more diverse kinds of natural medicines to reach the public. All right, next question, John. We have Devin Lee. John, can you choose Devin? John Medlar. Thank you. Hello. First of all, ahead, hi, Dr. hi, Dr. Shiva. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm actually sitting in Canada, but um, I live in Australia. I've been part of your uh, movement for quite some time. Very quietly, yep. I've tried to step up a couple times, but life has thrown some curveballs that I've had to deal with. In saying that, that's why I love what you're doing. So um, I've had a really hard time in regard to the healthcare system in, in Australia and everywhere else. Parasites and repurposed drugs, um, 
I don't know what you know about that. I'm sure you know a lot about that, but this is where I've come unstuck where um, I've been, um, had experiences myself and people around me with parasites, the medical um, arm are ignoring it. And when they don't ignore it, it's meant to be the medication that they are offering is actually a repurposed chemo drug. And yet you can prevent it. So I actually have, I actually have images of blasting parasites naturally through natural medicines. And I've, I've lost 120 pounds over the last five years and took control of my health and didn't leave the bowl. And thanks to you, I was able to see it very, very early in the piece. So bless you. Thank you. Keep up doing it. And I hope, I know it's a, I know it's a long shot, but you know what the education is, what's it, what it's worth. And it will, um, it's going to grow like a snowball. So I actually took my bus, my little bus called it snowflake. It is snowflake. It was called snowflake. Took it up North to Queensland with your logo, um, as, oh, um, as a, uh, a QR code, drove it all the way up and back with a QR code wow. on the side. We talked about you, but unfortunately, um, in Australia, we're very disconnected from you over there. And we got lost a few times in the politics of the United States. So it, it's really difficult for me to juggle both worlds. Yeah, well, Devin, when we, I think the key thing is, um, if you look at that curve, and maybe John can bring it up. Um, John, can you bring up that curve? Looking for it right now, give me a second. Here yeah. it is. So, he, so John's, I just read something very interesting. So if you look at that curve that John's going to share, this is this curve shows all the life expectancy rates, and everyone should memorize this curve into their brain. Mm -hmm. You see the life expectancy rates of all the industrialized nations, Australia, et cetera, and then the average, which is this very dark gray line. And you'll notice, so this is, that dark gray line is on the x-axis from 1980 onwards, is a life expectancy all the industrialized nations. You see it's going up, 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 up. You notice the United States starting in 1980, it went the other way, okay? Mm -hmm. And then it starts, but people think, oh my God, this is COVID. No, it started in 1980, okay? Why do I wanna bring this up relative to this? So Okinawa, so there, we we're in Sardinia. We're gonna be, you know, we're gonna be doing some research here. We're talking to researchers on the blue zone where people live to hundred years plus. Sardinia has the most number of people per capita which live over hundred years, all right. Okinawa is the other place where people live over hundred years. But an article just came out last week saying in Okinawa, it's going in the other direction also starting a couple of years ago, why? And they talk about the fact McDonald's has come there. The young people are eating crap food. Okay. And the, so here Okinawan culture had a beautiful curve going up and they're going to start heading the other way. Every country in the world is going to start matching this pattern of the United States. That's why I wanted to say the, the reason Devin, I'm saying that is we're all one now. You can't, what we, but the United States always, quote unquote, misleads and leads the world in the wrong direction now. So that direction, is huh? Sorry, I was going to say, how does the, it sounds very interesting. How does the Lima Declaration tie into that timing of all this happening? Uh, well, I think that the critical thing of this is that we should really look at, I mean, there's a number of these people making these declarations, right? Mm -hmm. But I think the key thing here is that 
I want you to think about the policies. The policies that are taking place in Australia are matching the policies that are taking place in the United States and everywhere. Why do I say that? Because the people who are coming up with these policies all come in within a one mile radius of Harvard University. All of the elites either go tra get trained at Oxford or at Harvard. Those are the two centers of power where all of these policies are decided by maybe about 20 people. So what I, the reason I'm sharing this curve here is you have to start thinking about policies. And these policies are global policies now. So whenever you see the United States going this way, whether you're in Germany, whether you're in Holland, whether you're in Africa, the entire world's policies are gonna go in this direction because it's the same set of people who are defining these policies. So I think we have to recognize that these policies that led to this curve involved the insurance companies, the academics, the entertainers, the politicians, all of them. And all of them get their same thinking from about 20 people. The United States just does it earlier. And then it gets deployed everywhere else. So we got to start recognizing, you know, my run for president of the United States is also the tip of a spear in a much more positive direction. Educating people what we need to do so we don't head in the same direction. So that's why we're teaching people about natural immunity. We're teaching people about local foods. And we want to teach people how to think from a systems approach. The slogan, truth, freedom, and health is not just a US slogan. It can go in any language. So we've created a platform that affects every human being now. I hope that helps. So, but thanks, Devin. Thanks thank thank things. you very much. Yeah. Good luck. I left a message for you at the uh, Human Rights Museum in Winnipeg. Okay, great. Thank you, Devin. You're welcome. Next question, John. We, we'll take a couple more. All right. I'm going to stop sharing this screen now. Um, we also have some written questions here in addition to the people raising their hands. Um, uh, I'm going to do one of those. Um, uh, my... Michael Gollins is asking, what's the best way for us to spread the word? So there's two ways. One is anyone can go, anyone in the world can go online and share stuff. You know, you can go right onto my social media and tweet Facebook. The other thing is John has a flyer, which you will find up on our dashboard. We'll in fact, put it up on the Shiva for President site. We should put it up there, John, so people can download the PDF. You can print it, which really lays out what the real problem is, what the real solution is. And you can print out that flyer and you can hand it to a friend. It's an eight and a half by 11 flyer, black and white. You can fold it in half. It's a very potent flyer. So we believe the future is offline. To the extent, if you're busy, use the online medium to share what we're doing. Um, but you can also hand out these flyers, print them and download them and give them out to people. Very simple because we know we're all working for a living. So we encourage people to spend, you know, 20 minutes a day sharing our website, what we're doing. But most importantly, you can invite people to every Thursday's event. Go door to door. Tell people that we actually have the solution. We have the science so they don't have to choose the lesser of two evils. Again, if John shares that graph, the reason the United States and the world is heading in that destructive direction 
is because people think they have no other options. They have to choose between left or right, Democrat or Republican. And I think, I don't know if Jenny Smith, I saw her here, Jenny um, said it very succinctly. She said, you can vote something like left or right, but if you care for your children, then you'll vote for Dr. Shiva because he's gonna make sure you live longer. I think the key, our entire campaign comes down to two words. Do you want to basically live longer, vote for Dr. Shiva. If you want to die young, vote for them. It's pretty simple. That's it. If you want to live longer, vote for us and, you know, um, understand the principles of truth, freedom, health. If you want to die young and you want your children to die young, vote for them. That's it. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. It's very simple, Devin. Yep. Go ahead, John. Next. Uh, Jennifer Fratangelo. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Hi. Hi, my name is Jennifer Fratangelo. Um, thank you for hosting, John, and thank you, Dr. Shiva. It's a great presentation. I'm in the Portland, Oregon area. I was born in Boston. And um, a couple things. It sounds like, so action items. The first one, I like in challenging people to, I like the uh, JFK um, Elon Musk talked to a debate, um, taking your free courses. I just heard that you offer every, every Thursday, Thursday, same every login, Thursday. Yep. printing out the flyer. And then, you know, just fill me in a little bit more because I love what you're saying. It's just that even when and if you get elected, because I definitely, you, you, I've been following you a lot and I do see the shadow banning happening. That makes perfect sense. You don't come up too much and it's like, oh, he's back. And, you know. Um, what happens when you get to be part of this system? How are you going to be a disruptor? Because, you know, one guy, there is a deep state. There is a, I mean, there's a system in place. Well, what are you going to do to, but, I mean, I yeah, saw the, the GPOG, whatever. Does that no, make you're sense? Up great, so thank you. You know, you're bringing, up, you're, you're bringing up a very, very good question. And the question fundamentally, Jennifer, goes at this heart of, you're, you're bringing up a, the most important question, I'd say. And that question goes at this very fundamental question of how does change actually occur? Okay, John, you can keep uh, Jennifer unmuted so she and I can talk about this, okay? So that's fundamentally the question, Jennifer, how does change actually occur, okay? And what we are doing with this campaign and our movement, I would say is, as innovative as a discovery of fire. And I don't mean to say this any hyperbole. And why do I say that? How you really feel. (laughs) Huh? Yeah, right. Tell us how you really feel because you're so shy. (laughs) I'm joking. No, seriously. No, no. It's as as innovative as that. Because look, I keep giving, like this iPhone is an innovation, right? It took tremendous amount of efforts to bring together probably a hundred different technologies, transistor technology, miniaturization, wireless, all that to create this, right? Mm-hmm. It's a pretty revolutionary device, okay? What we are doing is we are similarly creating an innovation which has not existed before in humanity because what has always occurred in the large arc of humanity is you've had um, those who oppress people and when whenever people start to rise up, and try to get even a little bit of freedom. Historically, people were just suppressed massively, like killed or shot or put in chains or crucified. You may go down the list of things, right? Mm -hmm. 
So over the last about 200 years, the elites got very, very smart. They said, wow, if we just destroyed people, the, the people are going to get martyrs. They're going to get heroes, right? And we don't want them to have heroes because they'll get even more emboldened. So they decided to say, okay, when we see people starting to rise up, we're going to create fake heroes for them, false heroes. And we will use those false hero puppets to manipulate people back to us. Now, that understanding that I just shared with you, um, Jennifer, that theory that I just shared with you is a very, very new concept to explain to people. You say? I can't uh, unmute um, her, John. Jennifer, repeat. Uh, Jennifer, okay, there you are, sorry. Go ahead, Jennifer, repeat what you were saying. Like the distraction, the disturbance. I mean, that makes that makes perfect sense, though. Right, but, but, but before those in power, when they saw a movement like ours coming up, they would just shoot everyone, okay? Mm -hmm. Then over the last 200 years, they became clever. They said, okay, whenever we shot somebody or we did them, oh, they... They, we created heroes for them, right? And it inspired them. Yeah. So what they did was we will now create a disturbance to their system and we will create fake heroes. Oh, we'll talk about Elon Musk as some freaking genius and we'll make him like a free speech guy. Ooh, Tucker Carlson is some martyr, right? He got thrown off by Fox, yeah, right? But so so they created- He never brought, I, I, that, that you were brilliant with Twitter. I mean, I was watching that with that campaign, Elizabeth Warren and- you brought right. that to Trump. You brought that to Arizona. I mean, it's like all disappeared. And that went to Tucker, right? He didn't do anything. So what they it did was... Escaped. I mean, it got shot, right? Right. Or so they flashed. shot us down. But here was the difference, right? So what they do not did not expect, Jennifer, why what we're doing is innovative is typically the, the mm -hmm. false gods come up and then they manipulate people for like 20 years. Before it's too late, people didn't know what happened. The difference is we have now created an infrastructure. We've created a movement uh, to educate people of this process. Do you follow what I'm saying? I do. It's like, are they in Congress? Do you have people that are going to like come in with you? No, no, no. Let me finish first. Let, just follow me here. Okay. The first thing is to awaken people's consciousness. Okay. And you don't have to awaken everyone's consciousness. You have to awaken, in my number, it's around 1,000 to 5,000 people who are strong leaders consciousness globally. Because what you're doing is, it's like you're turning on a nuclear weapon. How many pieces of wood do you need to burn to get the same amount of uh, thermal energy as one nuclear bomb? You know, billions of pieces know. of wood. <laughs> well, think about it just broadly, billions okay. of pieces of wood, right? But one nuclear weapon, when you learn how to split an atom, is so powerful, right? So one person who understands nuclear physics is more powerful than uh, a billion people know how to chop wood. Yep. Got it? Got it. What we are teaching people is this very, very powerful knowledge base, which is teaching people there is a science to changing the world. And that is a science with, without hyperbole that I have discovered, Jennifer. I, you know, I've done a lot of work inventing other things and creating, but my main contribution that I hope, I think I've contributed a lot, is to figure out the physics of how to change the world. There yeah. is a science. No different than there's a, a, the physics of Bernoulli's principle to get a plane off the ground, which people thought was impossible. 
Just like Maxwell did to figure out how to create electricity and magnetism or understand those principles. So my intention is to educate enough people who understand, oh, I see Robert Kennedy is a freaking scumbag because he is part of this manipulation they're doing. That's what happened with Gandhi in India. Everyone thinks Gandhi's some savior or Martin Luther King. These yeah, people Gandhi. were Take the course, okay? okay. You'll understand. Picking up what because you're laying down, I'll do it. The reason is there was a movement, very briefly, there was a movement coming up in India which wanted serious revolutionary change. Yeah. Just like Robert Kennedy or Tucker Carlson, they found this guy called Gandhi. He was a racist. He was a complete asshole. And overnight, they changed his name to Mahatma. Do you know what Mahatma means? No, but I did see that. Mahatma Gandhi. No, I don't know what it means. That's not his name. His name is Mohandas Gandhi. They changed his name to Mahatma. Mahatma means God. Oh. Martin Luther oh. King's name was not. Oh. Yes, father changed Martin Luther King's name to Martin Luther's name was Michael. Mm. So they create these Same false names. gods. I get it. Notice how Booby always uses RFK Jr. He's trying to gleam off of his father's RFK name. RFK Jr. Yeah, absolutely. Or the whole thing. That's yes, right. I see that. Right. The, and the pictures of his uncle, JFK, under his desk and all this crap. These people are false gods. And they have it down to a marketing science. Because they do not want you... To understand these principles, become your own leader in your community, and you to become light in your community. They want everyone to say, oh, what about them? What about us? And what we're doing for the first time in human history is we have understood the physics of how, to, how the establishment works. Mm -hmm. I could have used all my engineering power and all the PhDs I got to be on Wall Street and making billions of dollars for myself. But I have a deep hatred for oppression. I have a soul. Yeah, and I really hate these guys. I think they're scumbags, and I and and you know, and I think the goal of life is to fight evil. So right. I decided to understand this mechanics. So what I'm saying is, we win. We've already won by the very fact we're running for president. Let me give you an example. You know, I didn't even know you were running. I thought I was on something. I'm like, oh, Doctor, she was running. You know, I'm not completely in the dark, but I didn't I'll give you know you. Congratulations. You know who Reince you know Priebus is? Yes. Okay. Wisconsin, was, previous or what? Yeah. He was Trump's chief of staff. Yeah. And um, a friend of mine who has Wisconsin him on. Guy. Who, yeah, who's got him on one of the boards of his company, Sky and O. He said he told Reince Priebus, oh, Dr. Shiva's running for president. He goes, oh, he goes, that's a major disruption. We never expected that. They're watching everything we do. That's why they have to go to crazy amounts to shadow ban me the way they do. Why? And the reason is. Jennifer, we are independent. We, we're not tied to either wing of the establishment and we're building a movement. To answer your fundamental question, winning for president, would I would never even run if I wasn't, my core intention is to build a movement. It is the movement that is running for president. I just happen I to like be it. the front face of it. I so like when by the fact every day I'm running for president and we're gonna cut them with a bunch of razor blades. Every tweet I put out, every Facebook, every person who goes out and hands out a flyer, we're destroying them. And that's what needs to be done. The future is each person understanding these principles and exposing the duplicity of the not so obvious establishment. Bernie Sanders, AOC, all these people, they basically speak the rhetoric of change 
but their entire goal is to sucker people into one wing of the establishment. That knowledge I, that I, I totally shared with that. you, but Jennifer, a lot of people don't get that. Do you know how many people, when they come across this, they say, well, you know, Trump did a lot of good things. Why are you attacking Bobby Kennedy? AOC says some good things. And that understanding, once people get over that, that's where freedom lies. Once people get over and they say, wait a minute, why am I asking what Robert Kennedy, when people come to me and say, oh, what do you think about Trump? I say, the question is, what do I think about Jennifer? What do I think about John? The, we should be asking, what do we think about people actually work for a living? What are they so going to do? That point right now, there's a school board election going on here in Hillsboro, Oregon, where I live. And so I've been getting out and, you know, go for the common sense candidate. You talked about adding this to start teaching a systems process in kindergarten. How do I integrate that? Or is that? Yeah. So one, one more? I mean, it's like done, that's yeah. practical right now happening yeah. in my community. Yes. One, yeah. One of the things we've done is that my intention was. I used to teach this program at MIT for years, and then I wanted to give it away for free. No one wanted it. So on the Truth, Freedom, and Health side, since we're moving over there, we charged a nominal amount, but we told people, once you take the course, you can give it away to as many children as you want for free. Okay. So we have a version of it, and you can talk to Heather Burden. Oh, that... I think she's the one that sent the text. Oh, great. Oh, great. All right. Okay. Anyway. So you should talk to Heather, but go through the program, but the idea is... You know, we went to India, Michelle and I, and we gave it away to a village of 1,500 kids. Cool. Okay? So the goal is when children learn systems thinking, you're essentially creating like points of light that these children won't be fooled. Yeah. yeah. Because they're going to be able to interconnect you things and they'll ask yep. very tough questions. And that's how we change the world. Awesome. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank Great you. questions. Okay. Thank I'm you. glad you joined us today. Yep. I'm glad you reached out. Take care. Good yep. luck. Onward. Yep. Yep. One more question before we end the town hall, John. Uh, Josephine Caballero. That's Cavallaro. Hi, uh, Dr. Shiva. I, I consider it a privilege to be able to um, be part of this movement as well as uh, promote you for president. My, my story is very similar to yours in that I am uh, a child of immigrants. I am first generation from Italy, and um, uh, I come from very modest means. Um, I am also involved in and overseeing two out of three uh, activism groups, um, one of which is uh, um, my, my colleague is in Italy, she's in Rome, uh, and um, they actually, um, I was wondering if you uh, would like to connect with them because uh, for example, yeah, definitely. I'm going to be in you Rome. You were talking for about that in Sardegna. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I, I can connect yeah. you uh, with uh, her name is Paola Maldi. And they, they went to Pesaro to, um, to uh, combat. They're, they're trying to build two bio labs in Italy in Pesaro, which is a cultural city, it's a UNESCO. Uh, it's, it's full of art, literature, uh, music. And they they want to build your bio labs there. So um, where is that? Where? Pesaro uh, in northern Italy. Uh huh. Pesaro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful city, and they they want to destroy it with with our these bio labs because this came right after Putin's visit to Italy, and uh -huh. and so the people are opposing it. So my question to you, one of my questions to you is, 
Um, what's happening in Sardinia? Um, is there anyone or any groups of people that are opposing this? And you know, what is being done about it? Uh, many of us don't even know uh, these things are happening. And so, uh, we, you know, getting the word out because you know, uh, my group, my group in Europe, uh, specifically, I have a group in uh, Rome, London, France. Um, my group in in Rome is um, is very active all over Italy and, and also in, in Europe and all of Europe. And so, um, and also- so one of the things, what we're doing um, is this Friday, Josephine, tomorrow, I'm gonna be running a mini um, course here for all the activists here. And anyone, your people can join. Uh, can you come here? Uh, oh, Francesca, come closer. Francesca, say hello to- Hello. Uh, to, ciao, uh, ciao, Ciao. <laughs> Josephine is a person. She's from Italy, and oh, she immigrated okay. here. Dove vivi negli Stati Uniti? No, I'm from I'm from New York, but uh, my parents are from Italy. But I I used to teach. I'm a retired teacher of Romance languages and literature, so I am fluent in Italian, oh. Spanish, not too much in French. Um, but classic. yeah, See? my parents are from Sicily. Oh, from oh, Sicily. Good. From where? Uh, Messina. From Messina, okay. Now I'm, I'm Sardinian from Cagliari. Ah, brava. Sardinia. I hope I, I, I will be going to Europe uh, next month. And Dr. Okay. Sheep, if there's anything I can do, maybe I can correlate. Yeah, so, so, this is, so to answer your question, and I think this is a larger piece, Josephine, is that what I've been sharing with um, uh, Maria and Francesca and the activists here, we've been meeting with around 20 of them, right? We, we, we had a couple of dinners, but tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to be doing a Truth, Freedom and Health Foundations of Systems training here. And we want Maria to go through the leadership program and to really help with all the Mediterranean region here, which would be Sardinia, you know, Italy, France, et cetera. Because what we're we're a global movement. Bottom line is, Josephine, we've created an infrastructure. It's a global community. The reason I came out here was because where Sardinia is located, Italy, if you think about it, it's very strategic. The United States, NATO has been abusing the people of Sardinia on some level, because and Italy, because they're six hours from New York, six hours from Asia, right? So this is a very strategic area. And we think we should also have a major presence here too. Truth, freedom, and health. So, um, that, but people need the right theoretical framework to change the world. I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. And what I what I also left out is that um, I am a certified naturopathic consultant. I pulled out okay. many people out of the hospital. Um, I practiced yeah. uh, holistic medicine and, and um, uh, naturopathic medicine, and my doors never closed. So I also, um, what you're describing, and you've done a, a fabulous job that I'd like to uh, interconnect other people with, but I too do that with, uh, with my groups where I educate, educate, and then give them the tools to implement it in different facets of life, whether it be because we need to engage, we need to engage exactly. with politicians, with the military, with law enforcement, with, uh, you know, the whole industrial complex. Uh, and so, um, but I think that as we grow, we become more of a presence, more of a voice, uh, more powerful for the people. So I would like to offer you 
my help and, and my groups, I would like to uh, interconnect awesome. with my other groups. So, uh, so Josephine, Heather and uh, Crystal and Suresh are here. Um, so uh, they'll take note of and they'll connect you up with people in the area. But I have to, uh, John, I have to exit because we have to go to another, we're driving down back to Cagliari. So we have to leave right now. John, yep. So what John and Suresh, what you can do is if you guys can, the main thing before I leave to anyone who's new, welcome. Um, Suresh and John will call on you. So at least you guys can introduce yourselves. Um, but the key thing is go to truthfreedomhealth.com, become a part of this movement, um, study this stuff because it's going to change you. And those of you who are interested in what we're doing for Shiva for president, it's, um, you know, you can support the movement there. You can go right up online, but Okay, everyone, have a good, uh, thank you very much. Good meeting you all. Be well.